0: Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast or come hang out with me on Instagram at Star Chasers Only. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Star Chasers, this episode of Pimp Your Brilliance is brought to you by The Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a goal-setting guide, mini vision board, and day planner. It provides a simple structure to help you break your goals into actionable steps that you can integrate into your daily life. For more information and to order your own copy of The Visionary Journal, visit keepchasingthestars.com backslash visionaryjournal. Welcome back, guys. It's another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. This is episode number eight. If you like show notes and more information about this episode, you can find them at keepchasingthestars.com backslash 8. Before we jump into talking about this week's episode, I want to give a couple of housekeeping notes. First things first, uh, don't forget about the Brilliant Bitches Book Club. We are reading You Are a Badass by Jen Sinchiro. Make sure that you've read the book before the book club episode on August 30th. So on August 30th, there's actually going to be two episodes dropping. So make sure that you are... Not going to get any spoilers by reading the book ahead of time. Also, help me get a better understanding of what you need and what you like to see from this show. I really want to make this the best show possible and make sure that I'm covering topics that you guys are interested in and that are really helpful for you. So I have a survey. It's at keepchasingthestars.com survey. One lucky listener will win a Visionary Journal prize pack, which includes a copy of the Visionary Journal and my favorite planner supplies. All you have to do is fill out the survey and I will be announcing the winner on August 30th right before the book club episode. So actually you're getting two episodes and a winner announcement on August 30th. So make sure that you do that if you're interested. So let's jump into talking about this week's episode. I'm chatting with visual coach and influencer Zaylee Barclay. So if you aren't familiar with Zaylee, she teaches aspiring infopreneurs and influencers how to use visual content more effectively to be more visible, valuable, and to elevate their online presence. So in this episode, we are discussing common mistakes people make with their visuals, tips for getting comfortable in front of the camera, basic equipment you need to shoot video, and how to leverage Instagram to grow your brand. So this episode is all jam-packed about visuals. So if you were wanting to improve your visuals or just get a couple of tips on how you can make them pop, then this is definitely the episode for you. So let's get to it. Hey Zaylee, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Monique, thank you for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you because we're going to talk about one of my biggest pet peeves (laughs) when it comes to online uh, businesses and just how people represent themselves. So please make sure you take notes because Lee is a master at uh, today's topic and we're going to be talking about visuals. But before we jump into all of that, uh, could you give us a bit of your background? Let's know who you are and kind of how you got started.
1: Gotcha. Um, Well, thank you, first of all, (laughs) um, for your introduction. And uh, well, I got started years ago, really, uh, when I got out of college. I live in New York City, but I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago. So you might hear a little accent in and out of there. (laughs) Um, So I started college in New York City and I just always knew that I wanted to work for myself. So it kind of started there. But I got into PR in New York City. I worked for some of the top PR firms um, interning while I was in college. So I started actually blogging because of PR, because, you know, we would always be interviewing bloggers, getting them set up for certain things. And I was like, this was um, I don't want to do the math, (laughs) but this was a few years. This was like in 2008 and I just knew that I didn't want to be, uh, you know, setting up bloggers for things. I wanted to be a blogger. And so that's how I really started getting an online platform together. I've always been interested in pictures, colors, and visuals. Um, You know, that's how I really got Into it now, it has evolved and kind of turned into a monster (laughs) Um, within the past, I would say, three years. So, yeah, that's how I got started.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, at this point, you are a visuals coach, correct?
1: Yes, yes, I
0: am. So, let's talk about that because that is like the thing. As I said, my one of my biggest pet peeves online is really bad visuals. Because I meet so many people who have great information or great products, excellent craft craftsmanship just amazing—but the visuals that they're using to sell their products or represent their brand are just horrible, 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 horrible. So, and and uh, you know, it just it creates such a bad experience. Because if you're online, and and mainly your business exists online. That's all anybody has to go off of when it comes to your reputation, whether or not you can deliver. It's what you have online. So if the visuals don't match, like, you know, this great product, then people aren't going to buy. So I would love to know uh, what are some common issues that you see being made online when it comes to visuals?
1: Um, Well, first of all, I'd like to say that your visuals are kind of like your house, right? So if your house is messy and there's like roaches running everywhere and juice spilt from last two weeks and pizza boxes and things like that, Um, and you're, I don't want to say friend because, you know, like, like someone comes over, someone that you don't know, this is the first time they're meeting you. Let's say they're interviewing to be your roommate or something and they walk in I mean, come on, they're going to be appalled, right? So I look at visuals online as kind of like that, like, or like, let's say someone came in to steal in your home, like, they wouldn't even want to touch anything. like So it's kind of like, your visuals are kind of like the same thing, like, you know, it should be, it should be representing you in a certain way. And they are there to speak when you're not able to speak, right? So... They're also kind of like an ad, you know, like, hey, this is me before you actually get into everything are visuals are everything like people say no, but they are. Um, I see so many issues. The first issue that I see uh, is images. A lot of people uh, don't have themselves, you know, connected to their content or they don't have clear images at all, even even though it's not them. Their images just don't reflect exactly what they're trying to push or sell or talk about. You know, so that's one thing I see like low low resolution, low quality images, images that just are not relative to what you're talking about. So that's one huge thing. Um, The second thing that I do see a lot would be color. Like, you know, just not knowing how to use color or complementary colors or colors that actually represent what you're doing and just a lack of vibrancy and a a lack of cohesion where colors are concerned. So, you know, that's another thing that people drop the ball with and then using visuals effectively uh, to connect with your audience is another thing that a lot of people figure they don't have to, but we're in this age where people see things and then they make a connection that's really honestly how our brain works. <laughs> right. So you see something or you see someone and then you're like, oh, I'm going to follow this person. Oh, what is what is the caption for this picture? Oh, that's how our brain works. Like, you know, um. so visuals are super important. So those are three things that I see, like all the time where people just aren't or just having none at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I agree because everything that you said, I agree with 100%, especially the analogy about the house. Because who wants to go to see somebody's house and pick up something mm-hmm. or become their roommate? If their house is right. busy, that's a reflection on them. And and the same token, your visuals are a reflection of your brand. So I agree with that 110%. So, with all that in mind, what are some small ways that someone who's just started out, so say they're Brand thinking new online. What are some ways that they can make their visuals look more cohesive and on brand?
1: Um, The first thing that I would do is, and a lot of people don't ever do this, is research your competition and see what their, you know, first of all, you have to have a standpoint. Like, what's your point of view for coming online? What are you sharing? And then you look into your competition and you look and you see how, how their audiences are responding to them. You know, um, like you said, social media is or like, I can't remember who said it, but, <laughs> um, social media is very visual. Like, even if you look at the platforms, they're all coming into like, you know, Twitter recently didn't include an image in the amount of characters you have and things like that. So everyone's coming into understanding that everything is much more visual. Number two would be, well, it kind of depends on what platform you decide to use, but pick a color or a color scheme, uh, learn your hex codes and Certainly push through with those. Look up visual platforms or platforms that help us to create graphics and such like Canva, or Canva.com, or Snappa.com, or Pickmonkey.com. So I'm giving you free ones. There are also like Photoshop and Pages. Just definitely invest in some sort sort of software that helps you to stand out even more or create a connection with your audience even more using visual content. Um, I'm thinking about one other thing. Okay. Uh, The third would be to start using video. I'm very passionate about video content. People might not always like something, but they will always watch. I've learned that through analytics. So when I say video, it doesn't have to be a fancy video. It could be something you recorded on your phone. It could be a repurposed Snapchat video or repurposed Insta stories video, but use video. It's one of the easiest ways to just really even get a message across even more clearly.
0: And I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you about next. So Talk to me about how you use YouTube to promote your brand and your blog, because I know that your YouTube channel is popping. You have so many great videos. You have lots of really great tutorials, and they're all vibrant and shot so nicely. So let's talk about that.
1: YouTube is a power platform. Like I don't care what you're doing, what you're selling, what you're belonging about. You should definitely be on YouTube. Um, And thank you so much, Monique. (laughs) I genuinely love video creation because I feel like it's, like visuals are popping, but video is just like the next level of popping. And YouTube is now TV. Like (laughs) a lot of people set aside times to look at YouTube rather than even like no one really watches live TV anymore. It's always like DPR or recorded content on YouTube. So if you're trying to definitely create a voice out there, YouTube is great because there are so many audiences on YouTube. It's much easier to find your audience on YouTube because YouTube is a platform that actually helps you, if used right, helps you find an audience, right? So they do the work for you. (laughs) As long as you're consistent in putting out quality content, YouTube will market the heck out of your content. So um, YouTube is definitely the way to go. Even if you have old blog posts, repurpose them and put them on YouTube. Create video content out of them. But, you know... Yeah, YouTube.
0: <laughs> so when you say repurpose blog posts, uh, are you talking about like, say you had a a blog post that's like five tips for how to um, style your hair or something like that? You would kind of like break that down to YouTube style video, like yes. those, those five tips into video format.
1: Yes, definitely. A lot of people are, even bloggers, a lot of bloggers are confused. Like, how do I use video? Go through your old blog posts and recreate that content into video content. It helps you find a fresh new audience and consistently at that. And it also helps you engage your old audience even more because then it just creates a deeper connection. I remember when I started um Instagram was my power platform. Um, still is one of my favorite platforms, but it was all pictures back then. And when I started doing YouTube, people could not believe, like, my personality. I'm very quirky. I laugh a lot. I smile a lot. But it didn't look that way in my pictures. So video just created a deeper connection. So it's, it's powerful. It's like no other.
0: And I agree. I, I find that, um, I mean, if you think about it, there's so much... Money and just effort being poured into YouTube and what you said about it being like TV. I have a son yeah. who watches YouTube <laughs> like it is the TV, and I don't yeah. get it. I don't understand it, but I'm hearing more, and I just thought it was like a weird kind of like teenage kid thing. But I'm hearing more and more people are watching yeah. YouTube, and they're they're pushing for that because you know they have like YouTube Live and. All these other things that they're trying to link into YouTube to get people in there and watching. And I mean, it's basically a video search engine. So it It focuses a lot of ways on my Google. So if you you want your content to be seen and stand out in another avenue, uh, you're absolutely right that it should be on YouTube. So what about people who feel, who are timid and, and they feel you know, awkward, or uncomfortable being in front of the camera. Do you have any advice for them?
1: Yes, I do have advice for people like that. It's crazy because a lot of my students do feel that way, but they want it so badly. And I can speak on it because I used to be there. I'm a total introvert, um, <laughs> like like no other. So... It's it's a, a transformation that you have to make on the inside. You have to think about what's more important. If I keep this great message to myself or if I get out there and get over my fears and just do it, you're going to feel certain things. You're going to feel like, oh, maybe I'm not pretty enough to be on camera. Maybe I can't do my makeup like these beauty gurus on YouTube and all those kinds of things. I say just start. Do the research, figure out your point of view, and figure out if that fear or lack of confidence or that timidness, if that's more important than you getting to the next level. That's what helps me really, like.
0: (laughs) You gave some uh, pieces of software earlier for how people could edit, like, images and that type of thing. What about basic getting started equipment for somebody who wants to do YouTube? Like, what are the bare minimums that they need to have to kind of get that going
1: uh the first thing that I always say is well of course uh phone <laughs> right so our smartphones have such powerful picture quality or video quality now that you know a dslr I always mess that word up <laughs> is um you know, you don't necessarily need one like you just want to get your message out there, but you want to get good quality videos. So get yourself some good lighting so you can either have lighting for free in front of a great window where you have some natural light coming in or you can invest in a soft box. You know, that's really a good way. A soft box set or a, a ring light. Just some sort of lighting. I love artificial lighting more because I'm able to film at whatever time of the day. So if I miss that natural light, I can still work. And I work at nights a lot as well. Also, a tripod. Make sure you have a tripod so that you're able to move around and navigate so that you don't always have to be propping your phone on something or it's falling down or you don't have the proper angle. Invest in a good tripod where you're able to pan and zoom and things like that. It really makes everything so much simpler. Also, a good microphone is always a great thing to invest in because you don't want that people can't hear you clearly. And... Uh, an editing program like an editing software that you're able to dive into and get your content out there quickly is always one of the best things that you can do or have
0: do you have a suggestion for editing programs for like mac or pc
1: um the one that i recommend the most for mac and pc is filmora and i have an entire blog post about it on my um blog because it can it, it 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 can be used on Mac and PC. So I love that I can teach um, my students how to use it. And they don't have to be specifically using either or, you know, like instead of like iMovie or um, Windows is, I always forget, Windows Movie Maker, right? So you can definitely, and it's, it's affordable and it has so many features. So Filmora is definitely my recommendation for you know, the next level up from iMovie or Windows Movie Maker.
0: Awesome. I will make sure um, I get the link to that blog post and I'll include it in the show notes. So what are the primary ways that you engage with your audience?
1: The comments through video content, whether it be on Instagram, whether it be on Facebook or whether it be on YouTube, Get into your comments and, and dive in <laughs> like, um, and start conversations, spark conversations rather than like if someone says something, ask a question back, you know, have a conversation with your audience. You're always going to be updated and aware of what they need from you rather than just thinking, oh, I'm just going to create this or that. Doing that is one of the most powerful things that you could ever do like you know, get into your comments, dive in, encourage. A lot of people don't encourage messaging, like no DMs and, you know, I encourage it because a lot of business happens inside of you messaging someone or I always encourage people, even through Insta stories, message me and ask me, you know, it does get overwhelming. But I promise you, it's a deeper connection. I'm all about deep connection. (laughs) (laughs) It's deeper, it's a deeper connection than just, you know, a like or a listen, it makes a difference. You
0: know, a lot of people want a huge following, and they want fans but they don't want to really connect with them or like you said, have those deep connections. And it's such an annoyance because when you really think about it, don't you want people to follow your brand and be like evangelists for your brand? Like when you launch something, you want them to like yell it from the rooftop and and tell all the perfect people who it would be great for. So, I mean, you do that by engaging people and, and making sure that they feel comfortable and like, You know, you guys can connect. You don't want to put a wall or a barrier between you and your audience. You want to be as connected with them as possible because that's how you make your brand grow. And ultimately, that
1: is the goal. Exactly. Totally agree.
0: So let's talk about Instagram. Your Instagram feed is fantastic. I mean, you have, you're really consistent with your yellow, which I love because it's such a vibrant color. And I love when you do your little quote graphics. So let's talk about that. Talk about how you've leveraged that platform to help grow your brand.
1: Uh, Sure. Instagram is one of the platforms that really changed everything for me. And thank you, by the way, for that (laughs) Um, Instagram really changed a lot for me and connecting on Instagram really started with me honestly being myself. I didn't come on Instagram to impress anyone or to, you know, I didn't even think about starting a business from Instagram and I really shared myself and my journey. So my Instagram started off really about me sharing about my hair (laughs) and my lifestyle (laughs) Um, So I had locks for a few years well, and so I would share about that. So, And then I lost 30 pounds kind of on Instagram from sharing my food and all of that, my workouts and things like that. And I started building a following that way. So I would say if you're building a following on Instagram, don't come on like an expert. Be yourself, you know, like that will come later on in time. So using Instagram helped me to do that. And then I started like, like I said, I've always loved pictures and colors and things like that. So everything that I share on my Instagram really comes from the heart. When I do share pictures, it's really my creativity. Like I'm really putting myself out there. And that's one of the biggest ways to connect and just create genuine, genuine connections with an audience.
0: Your Instagram is very cohesive. So are you one of those people who has like rules for what can or can't go on your Instagram feed? Or like, is there a method to your madness there?
1: <laughs> uh, no, there is no method to my madness. Uh, maybe there should be. <laughs> and and um, no, I just go with the flow. Like I've tried planning out my... Instagram posts. The only time I'll I'll really plan and go forward with it is if I'm launching, I would do like pre-planned posts and put them into Buffer because I use Buffer. I love Buffer, but uh, it's not... It really, really depends on what's going on. If I'm doing a launch, fine. But if I'm not, no, I just go with my flow and I really share exactly like what's going on today or, you know, what happened yesterday or just my genuine feelings. And I roll with that. I knew that I loved yellow as my branding color. So I just rolled with that. And it happens to be very trendy right now for some reason.
0: (laughs) It's because yellow looks great on (laughs) you. You are tan. I think, yeah, Yes. (laughs) Uh, So with Instagram, do you have any favorite apps or things that you use for photo editing, or any tips or tricks that you can offer up there?
1: Well, for Instagram, um, I do use. Well, I'm into beauty, so I definitely do love a good picture. Sometimes I'll edit, I'll use, I'll do some light face tuning, you know, smoothing out the complexion. (laughs) I also love Photoshop Express. So I am subscribed to to Photoshop. Um, Sorry, I do have a Photoshop subscription. So with that, you kind of get all access to Photoshop Express on your phone or on your computer, you know, but um, I usually just go onto my phone, might saturate my picture a little more and make the colors pop a little more and things like that. And that's all I really use for, um, you know, Instagram. Recently, I've started doing my quotes as videos rather than pictures. And I do that through Canva. So a lot of people have been fascinated with that and asking about it. So I do use Canva for that. I've been enjoying it.
0: I need you to elaborate on that. How
1: do you use Canva for video? So Canva recently, you have to have the Canva for work subscription. And so Canva recently uh, released a, you know, a feature where you can use, you can create an image and then you can actually create a GIF or a GIF. I never got that word right (laughs) out of it, (laughs) Um, out of it. And you can actually download Downloaded in either the GIF or GIF format or a movie format. So you should definitely check it out. But you have to have the Canva for Work subscription. But they got me with that because video is life. And I'm like, I will pay twelve ninety five just to have some video quotes.
0: <laughs> I love that. I had no idea that that was a feature, um, even a paid feature in Canvas. So thanks for that tip. I'm definitely going to check that out because that's a, another thing that's kind of hot right now. In addition to just video content, but like little short GIF, uh, like things that you can create, especially for like Instagram and like the Insta stories. That is like where it's at. And just think about like, if you use a Canva for work or something, you could build up a whole little library of little cute GIF quote things that you could use to like fill in your Instagram feed. Because that's the thing. That's always my struggle with Instagram. Is like just feeling that I need so many pictures And thinking about like 30 days worth of pictures and where am I going to get all these pictures or how am I going to take all of these pictures? So I'm trying to be smarter about figuring out ways to fill the feed without necessarily needing to take a ton of photos. (laughs)
1: I can give you at least three ways to do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Good. So, so one way is definitely what we just spoke about, Canva, using Canva, because I always say with video, you know, I'm an advocate for video. So with video, um, I said before, people will watch. They might not like, but you're going to catch that view. So definitely using Canva is a great way to boost engagement and even boost your analytics. The second way would be Get some nice, like, it doesn't have to be even yourself. It can even be around you or just some nice videos with um, your surroundings or flowers. Just make sure it's video content. You can go outside and do that. Go into your backyard, get a, get a video of some flowers, or and, and you put your caption underneath it. Or it can be a Snapchat video. It doesn't have to always be fancy and professional. Just make sure it's of good quality right? You just always want to make sure of that. So that's a second way. Ooh, I challenged myself a bit too much. Let me think of a third way. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, phones have such good quality. Like I said before, a uh, picture and video definitely always uh, take a picture of your process. So whatever, whatever it is that you do always have pictures of your process on hand. It doesn't have to be a fancy camera photo, but for me, something like that would be just a picture of my camera lens, you know, or a picture of what I'm eating today. Always keep pictures in your archive. So even if you had a bomb meal last week and you didn't post it, take a picture of that and you can always use it on another day. I, I'm always taking pictures, so I always have an old picture somewhere that I can just drop just for consistency into my timeline.
0: Awesome. So you guys heard it, the visual queen is giving you guys Tips on how to fill your feed. Um, (laughs) Another tip that I can add to that, I I haven't done this myself, but I've heard other people do it, and it makes sense because I kind of see it in some of those really highly curated feeds is kind of filling in the feed with stock photos. Not your entire feed, Mm -hmm. but if you kind of run like a dry spell and you need some fillers, looking at some of those really cute um, stock photos sites like Creator Stock or... The blog ads, yeah, and getting like um, one of their stock photo subscriptions, and kind of just you know poking it in there whenever you feel like you need a, something to fill it in. But definitely. here I am giving advice. <laughs> I don't
1: <even> <laughs> no, 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 that was a good one. <laughs> definitely, definitely a good one.
0: So at this point, you've been doing this for a couple of years. You've blogged for several years. You're doing this full time. You're teaching people. You're helping make the internet prettier. So what do you feel has been your biggest lesson learned so
1: far? My biggest lesson learned so far is just make sure that (laughs) you love this because (laughs) there will be days. uh, For me, it just lasts a few hours because I know my heart is definitely in this. Like I'll get mad and I'll give up and be like, I'm not doing this. Like, you know, (laughs) this is not my life. And then two hours later, I'll be answering an email like, yes, I can do this or, (laughs) you know, so just definitely not even make sure your heart isn't it. Like if your heart isn't it, put it in there 100. I definitely give myself room to get over my tantrums. So if I say at 12 o'clock, I'm not doing this anymore. I'll be like, okay, have your fit for like an hour and then get back to work at one o'clock. So just, you know, give yourself room to decompress and get get right back into it because we
0: all have those things i mean it's it's just a part of the process (laughs) whether we want it or not if that is just how it works so i love to end each show with two questions the first one i call the pimp your brilliance action challenge and it's are you offering three pieces of advice or tips for someone who's interested in getting started on youtube
1: Okie dokie. Um three tips that I would give someone that's interested in starting on YouTube, the first one would be to just start. Really, it's not like nothing online is ever well, I, I shouldn't say it's not permanent, but it can be changed. Like if you're a doctor today and you decide to be a food blogger tomorrow, you can do that, right? Because of the power of us being online. So just start. Educate yourself. Do the research on what you want to talk about or what you want to say or, you know, like just and and put your point of view into it and just start. It doesn't take much. Just start. Uh, The second thing would be uh, start with what people ask you the most about. Like, you know, a lot of people just don't know where to start. And I actually created a freebie on this because it's a question like, where do I start? Like, what do I talk about? Start with what people ask you about the most and then break that that down and then push through. Right. And the third thing I would say is be consistent. If you're going to do this, the way to get YouTube to really push your content and market your work is to be consistent. A lot of people just post and then you never see them again. <laughs> right. So be consistent. Post at least one video per week. So it doesn't have to be you know, you don't have to be on there every day, but. Just show YouTube that you're here and you're doing this and they're going to support you. And YouTube is really like a job. They like support you. They email you. They'll give you someone. um, I forgot what you call them that works along with you. Just show them that you're consistent. And listen, video can be your best friend. (laughs)
0: And my last question is uh, books. What are you currently reading or what have
1: you read recently? that really? Right. Uh, I love books. I can't even start <laughs> talking about, so I had to choose two that, well, kind of three, but um, books. One of my favorite books that really, really changed my life was the entrepreneurial, I always mess that word up, roller coaster <laughs> by Darren Hardy. And it just really teaches you Exactly. Like, it's okay. Like, when I first listened to it, I didn't understand what he was saying, because I was still transitioning into full time entrepreneurship. And he said that there would be some days that, you know, like we just spoke about, like you, you, the world is, you know, you're on top of the world. And some days, like the world is on your shoulders. And when I first heard that, I'm like, what is he talking about? Entrepreneurship is the best thing ever. But then you get into it and you realize that it is really a roller roller coaster. (laughs) So definitely that's one of my favorite books because he talks you through the entire thing. My second favorite book or my second book recommendation would definitely be anything by Jen Sincero. Her first book, How to Be a Badass, changed my life years ago. This was like, uh, I want to say four years ago, I think. And recently, she released "How to Be a Badass at Making Money." If you haven't read it yet, definitely read it.
0: I have that book, and I ordered it pre-order, and I am obsessed. And several people who I've interviewed have we have talked about this book, and it's to the point now where I'm like quietly thinking, like, can I do an entire episode? You sure? People who have read the book, can we do like a giant podcast? Let's do it. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna down. See how I can <laughs> it happen Because everybody needs to read this book. It is such an empowering book about making money and being comfortable okay. with money, and that is something that many creatives, entrepreneurs, business owners are not, and especially yes. female business owners and entrepreneurs are not comfortable about. So, I'm gonna have to book please do. Your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. If people want to get in
1: contact with you, where can they find you online? Um, I'm all over social as Zaley Barclay and that's X-A-Y-L-I-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. You can also find me at ZaleyBarclay.com. And I have an awesome Facebook group where we discuss visuals and video content all day, every day. And it's called the Influencer Hub. And if you head over to ZaleyBarclay.com, you can definitely get in. I'm looking forward to greeting you.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, definitely, you guys. Check out um, her website. Check out her group. And if you do, let her know that the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast sent you. Yes. And with that being said, thank you so much for being on the show. I love all of the great tips and resources that you offered because I knew you were going to nail this. So I'm so excited that you said yes.
1: Oh, thank you, Monique. It was a pleasure.
0: And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting keepchasingastars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliant.